Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Ross Perich. Ross is the head of communications at Fivetran, and he gives an absolute masterclass in how to best pitch the media and how to best leverage customer stories. Today's landscape is very different than just five years ago, and Ross really helps to connect the dots. In this interview, you'll hear Ross talk about the success that they've had publishing thought leadership content to Medium. It's an opportunity to tap into existing communities that are eager to learn more about specific categories, like data in Fivetran's case. I love Medium, and for very different reasons, I love LinkedIn and Reddit. These communities can provide so much value to people that are eager to learn. When I think about the future of audio, I think about how a business's thought leadership content can live where these existing communities are already formed. What if I could share my audio content to an article or a post that I've created on these platforms? What if the player was branded as my company and I got listener insights on that content? Would someone listen to my 30-minute podcast inside of a Medium article? Maybe not. But would they listen to a CEO talk about a customer use case for five minutes? Yeah, definitely. With Fendly, you can seamlessly distribute your audio content to channels like Medium, Reddit, and LinkedIn, and the players are custom branded as your organization. Add another very human dimension to your thought leadership by incorporating the voices of the people that help make up your company. Interested in learning more about how audio can drive this type of targeted stakeholder engagement? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the excellent Ross Perich. Hey, Ross. Brian, how you doing? Ross Perich is head of communications at Fivetran a billion-dollar valuation Silicon Valley darling whose mission is to make access to data as simple and reliable as electricity. In his role, Ross manages several PR agencies across the world, crafting compelling narratives to build the Fivetran brand to support demand generation, corporate valuation, and recruiting. A graduate of UC Berkeley, Ross started his career as a television anchor and reporter before jumping into high tech in 2000, where he has flourished ever since. Prior to Fivetran, Ross served as vice president of the enterprise practice at Tenfold Communications, where his work resulted in numerous awards for needle-moving public relations campaigns and creative video productions for B2B infrastructure technology companies. Ross, thanks again for being with me. Thank you for having me, Brian. A space that I really want to just so go straight into and go a little bit deep on is earned media. A decade ago, you would put out a press release and you'd get coverage, but the landscape has changed significantly since then. How do you now think about pitching the media? What does the recipe look like these days for a successful PR campaign? Sure. Yeah. And I'm dating myself because I remember breaking into high tech in around 2000. And back then, for those of you who remember phone books, there were literally publications as thick as a phone book. And after the dot-com sort of boom and bust, uh, the media landscape has drastically changed and it continues to evolve every single year. Um, but in general, there are fewer quality targets. And at those target publications, it's often now, believe it or not, a staff of one. So you have an editor-in-chief, and then he or she relies on a stable of contributors to, to write the content. They just can no longer, most of their business models, uh, because it's just not as rich with advertising, they can't afford on-staff, full-time, salaried, benefited reporters, so they rely on the contractor model. And it works fine, um, but that makes the job of a, of a PR and media relations specialist a lot more difficult. Uh, so you have to maintain relationships with the editors-in-chief, 
and also develop relationships with this stable of contractors who increasingly you may be pitching stories to them. They in turn need to pitch it to their editor. So he or she approves of it and they get paid for writing the article and you get coverage. Um, but how do you think about it? You really, the days of just putting out a product press release and getting coverage magically are just not there anymore. You've got to bundle product and a big announcement, right? So think as, as a young company, you can probably do legitimately maybe just two product announcements a year that are worth a darn or maybe one a quarter. Um, and then think of what other third-party validation can you attach with that? So you need a customer who's willing to talk. If you've briefed industry analysts, you might want to get an analyst on your side who can also talk about your company, the space, the, the need. And then also think about other multimedia assets to bundle with it. So in addition to a great executive spokesperson, some newsworthy announcement, a customer or third-party validation, what imagery or infographics or other materials can you bundle with it? And then think strategically about the timing of the announcement and have all these proverbial ducks in a row in advance. And then the best thing to do is to pre-brief reporters under embargo. So you have to do your homework and make sure like, okay, for this announcement, who are we trying to reach? You know, which reporters might be most interested and come up with your short list of, you know, 10, 20, 30 people, and then develop a, a pitch for, for them and customize it. Don't just treat a blanket pitch for everybody. Realize that, hey, Brian just wrote that article. I see he's really covering uh, the emergence of you know, cloud data warehouses. And so reference that article, customize it, act like you care about the reporter and you're interested in what they're doing because you're looking for a favor from them to grant an interview. So in a perfect world, you'd get a reporter interested. He or she would say, hey, this sounds cool. Can I talk to a customer? Can I talk to you know, your CEO about this? And then you would do those interviews in advance of the news with the agreement that the reporter would hold their news until it goes out over the press release of, of the business wire, I should say, over the wire distribution, say, two weeks from now. And that tends to work pretty well because reporters are so strapped these days, they can't just write on a moment's notice. They, you have to write and work around sort of their schedules. And it's, it's a lot more difficult these days. But I say, if you can have you know, those core elements you can expect some interest. And then typically, if someone agrees to an interview, they're investing time and you can almost count for certain that will likely result in coverage. You'll also get additional coverage perhaps through syndication. So think strategically about which publications might syndicate to other outlets. So you kind of get one piece of coverage and then it snowballs into, into two or three. So those are a few ideas of how best to work with the uh, ever dwindling uh, media industry today. With it becoming harder to find outlets for coverage, I think simultaneously, we've also seen brands invest in their own channels of communication. So is there a decision to be made about whether you put an announcement on your own company blog, for example, versus trying to go get coverage? Because the list of companies that have blogs that are widely read, it's not many, right? So I can imagine that there's this cadence of like, let's try and get coverage. And if we can't get coverage, we'll just put it on our blog. But then it feels like these announcements that you've invested a lot are, are secondary, right? Or not as worthy of coverage. What, what does that balance look like? And, and are there conversations internally? What needs to go where? Sure. So for, for legitimate, like 
no one can argue newsworthy announcements. We, we do both. So we, we issue a press release, we do the pre-pitching to the media, and we write a complimentary blog. The blog has a lot of the same narrative and messaging as the press release, but you have a little more license there to provide a little more of a point of view, uh, maybe do some you know, external you know, links in the piece um, to give a little backlink love to some of your partners or customers. So we like to do both. For those announcements that aren't like big deals, we'll just announce them, so to speak, on our blog. And there's a lot of different constituents you have to be mindful of, right? It may be um, that you're under some sort of partner obligation. We have a big uh, partner network here at Fivetran. We work with some biggies, you know, AWS and Google BigQuery and Snowflake. And um, sometimes in, in partner agreements, they'll, they'll want you to do an announcement um, in conjunction with them. It's kind of like the quid pro quo, right? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, we're going to do this partnership announcement. Can you guys do something on your blog too? So sometimes make sure to check with other stakeholders in the company because it may be there's an expectation um, that, that we do something. But in general, if it's uh, just sort of a, a basic partner announcement or it's uh, another good example is um, award wins. Oftentimes an award will be sponsored by a publication. Well, the last thing you want to do is pitch a publication-driven award to other publications. They're going to be like, huh, you're pitching me <laughs> the competition? What's wrong with you PR people? So that clearly is something you'd want to do on your blog. And you always want to think about your blog as just another channel. And it may be that when you're pitching a news announcement, it's not interesting enough to reporters to cover the news. However, there's a trend involved there. And they'd be like, oh, well, this is interesting. Can you write a thought leadership piece on how executives should look at implementing a modern data stack? And then we, the PR team, the content team would write an article and then place it in a publication. And so getting back to my point about the blog is think of owned media as one more channel for you and treat it as almost as, as your own publication and have a content calendar associated with it. But for really rich content on the blog that you think has an opportunity to also double as earned media, try the earned media route first, give a byline to a decent publication. Oftentimes you can repurpose it right away on your blog and link back to the original article, or sometimes they'll have a restriction whereby you have to wait 30 days. So we do this right now with Forbes and Forbes has a contributor network and what our CEO contributes to is Forbes Tech Council. So the agreement there is original content has to live on Forbes for 30 days. And then after 30 days, it's free game and you can repurpose it on your blog, put in your backlinks, put in all the SEO goodness that you can't put into an earned media byline. And so you sort of have your, have your cake and eat it too. So that's really important. And for demand generation and socializing the content, honestly, it's more valuable sometimes to point them back to your blog because they're coming back to your website, your community versus going to an earned media article that may or may not include a backlink to your website. Your buyers are primarily data engineers and data analysts. And I know that elevating the voice of the customer is an important part of the communication strategy. Is there an example of a customer story that you're able to tell and connected to that, 
where and how did you tell that story? What were the content formats and distribution channels that you leveraged? Sure. So being in B2B infrastructure tech, it's just inherently not sexy. It's just like boring plumbing. Who really cares? How is this impacting everyday, you know, Joe or Josie consumer? And so you have to really draw that line of sight, even in a B2B company of B to B to C, to really get some interest from top tier media and ultimately, in most cases, the creme de la creme business press, i.e. Wall Street Journal, USA Today, LA Times, New York Times, Forbes, Fortune, et cetera. So you have to figure that out. So one example we have is a customer called Loftus Ranches. I know you, Brian, and the whole listening audience has never heard of Loftus Ranches. However, if you're in the beer business, they are the third largest hop producer in the world. They are in central Washington, and we uncovered a champion there who uses Fivetran to, we build data pipelines for him. And when you think about farming and IoT, and they have sensors now in fields that are gauging moisture and which part of the field and what type of crop is yielding the best outcomes. So there's a very real world impact on how can technology improve farm yields, improve food quality to get to the point where people aren't starving. There's literally data that shows we will have global poverty issues with just lack of food as soon as like 2030. So that's a big deal. And so we were able to sort of pitch that narrative and this spokesperson, Dan Maycock, who's just incredibly ebullient and passionate and loves talking about this stuff. And so we were able to pitch him uh, as part of a profile uh, when we got featured in the San Francisco Business Times as being one of the fastest growing companies. He's been in, in Tech Target as part of a, a trend piece. And we've also, a great way to endear yourself to customers is to nominate them for an award. So, so often when approaching customers, it's really hard. And the bigger the customer, the harder they get. You'll hear from what I call the corporate communications police. And they'll be like, nope, we categorically don't do any endorsements of any vendors, take a hike. So you have to find what's the win for them and who's that champion that not, might put his or her name on the line. But one really enduring way to get on their good side is like, hey, Brian, we're going to nominate you for an award. You're such this rock star IT guy and CIO. We want to talk about how you've been able to use Fivetran and maybe some other technologies to really make a difference in your organization. And oftentimes you're like, oh, I could get behind that. Because again, you're, you're kind of playing to their ego. It could help them in their career advancement. If they see their name in lights and they are the reason, the primary, one of the primary reasons that company has won an award, that looks great not only internally to the executive team at Loftus Ranches, but also externally, should this executive wanna, wanna move on. So that's one way in which to, to utilize customers is uh, again, through, through earned media, through content, through podcasts, and through um, award nominations. Can you talk a little bit about the customer wish list that you keep? You, you literally keep a spreadsheet, right? So talk a little bit more about this. Yeah, the customers are like the, the crown jewels in an organization. Uh, there's a saying that nothing ever happens until someone sells something. And in a startup, it's super hard to get to customer one, customer 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, what have you. 
And so your customers are really, really precious assets for a lot of stakeholders. First and foremost, sales. When, when, you know, when our team is selling deals at the end of the month or end of the quarter, one of the closing gates they have to jump through is, can I talk to a customer reference? So you always want to reserve your customers for closing the next deal. With that said, we, we literally, we do, we have a list. We have a, like a Google Doc of, of course, we have Salesforce where every single customer lives and we have about 2,000 customers. So that's a, that's a hairball. But sort of a subset of that, we, we flush out a Google Doc and it shows um, every customer who the account executive is, the champion within the customer, the use case, when they were deployed, and then sort of just current notes. Are they happy or sad? Have they had a recent product issue where they're kind of upset and they wouldn't want to um, you know, consent to media? And so you, you consider all these factors. And then you should also look at what's the customer's appetite for, for PR? So hop onto their news page and see, do they do a lot of PR? Is your spokesperson in the news? Has he or she been quoted? Are there trends uh, that they can get behind that you know would be of value to them? So it's like anything in sales, don't think first what's in it for you, you know, think, think what's in it for them. And you need to approach it and, and ask about it that way. And then also think of, the possibilities of how you can utilize a customer. And I like to think of it on a, on a continuum from like very conservative customer to a customer on the other side of the spectrum who will do almost anything for you. And a very conservative customer might be open to doing one briefing a year under NDA with an industry analyst firm such as Gartner. And that's super powerful because you have to get industry analysts on your side in our business, B2B tech, in order to crack the enterprise. So that's very conservative. So most customers could get behind that. It's protected. It's not going to get out in the public domain, but it's very valuable for us as a, as a company. Then it's everything else that, that could also happen. So it may be a case study. It may be a video testimonial, a press release, a quote on your website, nominate them for a speaking submission an award submission, a podcast? Will they come to your user event and, and speak? Will they do webinars with you? So there's this whole possibility. So if you sort of hit one dead end with one customer who says, oh, I can't do that, say, well, what about, could we nominate you for an award? So there's all kinds of different tools in your tool chest, so to speak, that you can approach them with. Uh, but the key thing is, is to have that spreadsheet, maintain alignment, be really close to sales and be aware if you have a, a Slack or some other internal communications channel that shows when deals are closing and how deals are closing and who's getting upsold. Those are all opportunities for you to lean in and say like, hey, I noticed such and such. Any chance you can make an introduction for me? And you just have to have to stay on it, but, but be really integrated because again, these customers are precious assets. And the last thing you want to do is burn a bridge for a customer with too many PR or marketing requests, and then you'll never win back the trust of sales to pry loose future customers. So one thing I think your team does incredibly well is you connect thought leadership with trends. What's the blocking and tackling that goes into creating thought leadership content? And a lot of brands create content that align with a customer journey, but that feels a little bit different than aligning it with a trend. Yeah, exactly. To, to have any chance to 
have earned media result uh, from your thought leadership, you really do need to align it with a trend and think about breaking news or topical news, either nationally or internationally, or maybe some government-driven mandate that companies have to abide by. For example, there's it's in the news almost every day now around data privacy, data governance, you know, started with GDPR in Europe, and now increasingly it's in the US. Um, CCPA is the California regulation. We've all experienced it daily. Will you accept cookies? You know, every website you hit, you have to say, yes, I accept. And so this is a really hot topic. And if you have someone on your team who can speak about this, maybe from the legal perspective, um, you have chief counsel or um, someone head of legal who can talk about um, privacy concerns and what's at stake and how should companies approach this. Um, the other big one that we hear about daily are security breaches. And um, you know, breaking news every day about, about a hack and privacy exposure, have your chief information security officer, or, or if you're a IT security company, you have all this opportunity to talk about trends and to offer um, high level kind of education, best practices, top 10 things to do, thought leadership content that again, aligns to current local, national, global headlines. Uh, because what that does is it, is it gives the media answers their question, why now? So often with thought leadership content, if it's not tied to something current, there's no catalyst for action on the part of the editor. They'll be like, oh, Ross, that's a good idea. Um, I'll, I'll save it for the future. And then the future never happens. So you really need to think about what's topical in the news and how can, do you have a point of view on that? And do you have an executive who can speak with confidence on that and then and then pitch that out and oftentimes you'll you'll see interest it may not result in a in an interview but it very much will result in a, a byline article where they'll be like hey brian that's an interesting idea can you write an 800 word piece on that and, and submit it? it has to be vendor neutral right this isn't a marketing play can't talk about how five trans solves the world problems but it's still a value to the company uh, because you'll sometimes get a backlink in it or at the very least you'll get in the byline, it'll say George Frazier, founder and CEO of Five Tram. So therefore, you know, we get richness there from our brand lift. I want to get you out on this, which is talking about Medium, the publishing platform. I know it's a platform that you've seen a lot of success on. Firstly, why do you think it's been effective for you? And secondly, what advice would you give to other brands as they consider Medium as a thought leadership destination? Medium, we've used more and more over the last year. And as most of you know, it started out as, as, as a blogging platform and it's evolved into a publishing house. And there are a few properties on there that have really good following. Uh, the second highest ranked publication on there is called Toward Data Science. They have over 500,000 subscribers. So these are people who are opting in to read medium content on a monthly basis. I think after like three or five free articles a month, they gate it and you have to start paying. So what we found is we, we, we measure all of the impact of all of our coverage. And we found, oh, about eight months ago or so, we, we placed an article on towards data science 
and it had really good reach. And we have a tool that we use with our PR agency called Cision, and it and it measures share of voice. And we found that this property on Medium was delivering a greater share of voice than a lot of the other mastheads that we thought were so much more um, mature and and respected. And so, with that said, you know, Medium too, it's it's always evolving. And uh, recently, they've had some had some restructuring and I, I think some layoffs. They went they kind of over rotated on becoming almost like publishers and hiring a staff. Then they re reneged on that and let go a lot of the staff and that created some upheaval. Uh, but it's like anything, do your homework. If that's an, a publication that you think you, where your pers buyer persona hangs out and there's decent readership there, then go for it. And we've, we've, we've placed a few pieces on there and, and we're being very intentional. Again, going back to my comment on the content calendar that you have internally, I have very regular conversations with our content team and say, hey, what rich content is coming down the pike that we might be able to re-swizzle for towards data science? And they'll be, well, this one's actually interesting. And then, then we'll work together to make it more interesting um, for towards data science. And then again, after it publishes there, we can republish it on our blog and, and get the get the win-win out of it. Ross, thank you so much for all of your time and your wisdom today. It means a great deal to me. Oh, Brian, thanks so much. Have a good day. Ross, thank you again for your time and your wisdom today. If you like this episode, you will love my next conversation with Kim Sample. Kim is the CEO of the PR Council. Thank you again for listening. And until next time with Kim Sample.